Beneath the clothes, we find a man. And beneath the man, we find his nucleus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Hispanard on the move edition. Yes, another one of these. I apologize for last week. I believe the sound was probably not very good. Didn't have a chance to edit it, and it came out late. But you know, it, it went out, so that's that's a good thing. Um, <clears throat> looking through my list of 2023 movies, <laughs> man, number one, there was a. Uh, a ton of movies that got put out uh, a lot more than I actually expected. Uh, also, I didn't see the majority of them, uh, particularly in the movie theater. Uh, and it ended up playing out that the what I did see ended up being the things that I thought I might enjoy. And uh, so, turns out that those are my going to be my top five, basically, for the year. In no particular order, meaning the time period that they came out, but rather just off the top of my head, remembering the things that I saw in the theater. My, uh, Godzilla Minus One, The Creator, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse Part Two. Uh, let me see, what else did I see in the movie theater? Super Mario Brothers... Is there any... Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, trying to think if there's anything else besides that. And I don't think that there is. And pretty much that list ended up being my top five. If Is that five? Mario Brothers, The Creator, Godzilla, Spider-Man... Did I say, uh, yeah, did I say Guardians already? Sorry, I'm having like a, a old man moment. Give me one second. Yeah, okay, I've got it. Spider-Man, The Creator, Super Mario Brothers, Guardians, and Godzilla were uh, are my top five movies of the year. With Godzilla topping out all of them. Godzilla definitely being number one because it it did everything that you want, or at least that I want, in a movie. It made me care about the main characters. It made me terrified of the main antagonist. It uh, The story was cohesive. It had a, a clear beginning, middle, and an end. The entire procession of the movie made sense in how it was structured. And, uh, you know, I like Christopher Nolan movies and... and uh, uh, Who else does it like that? I don't know. Christopher Nolan is the only person that comes to mind right now. 
but you know he he takes you through a labyrinth of of mystery as he tells you the story and he gets to the conclusion and then you're kind of in some cases left up to to make up your own mind on what you just saw i don't mind those kind of movies those are fine uh the first knives out was great where you you know you're trying to figure out the mystery and the details but i'm a simple man and for the most part i just enjoy a straight up good story that is told to me that is handed to me it doesn't have to be spoon fed but definitely has to be handed to me so that I can enjoy that meal and one of my complaints of the last couple of years is that you're left up a lot of the time to kind of fill in every every uh, thing that the writer opted not to write in because of either lack of skill or laziness which is something that bothers me so much. And when it comes to Godzilla, they excelled at telling a, a really great story that, again, made you care about the main character, made you care about the side characters. Um, I really enjoyed the cartoonish aspects of build, uh, building the, the uh, side characters and uh, the way that they used, the, the way that the director and writer used quick montages to to mark passages of time and then you know and it's crazy to think that with this movie you get just enough Godzilla to always miss him and then when he pops up him or her uh, there's a debate going on as to what uh sex Godzilla is uh, and the old school Godzilla Godzilla ends up having a baby so then everybody's like well it's a girl you know but most people think of Godzilla as male, but whatever, um, you know, every time Godzilla pops up, y it, you're in, you feel like you're in for a ride, and, and these, those sequences are crazy, and they're chaotic, and they should be, you, you know, you don't know what this thing is going to do, it, it's a, it is like a force of nature, like some wild whirlwind that is doing whatever it's doing for its own purpose, and it's unknowable, and, you know, that was one of the coolest things is, and I'm sure, quite a challenge. You've got whatever, over 60 years, maybe even longer, I think 60 years of Godzilla on screen. How do you take something that is that old and give it an, a twist in such a way where it feels new and terrifying, fresh, and, you know, somehow... Uh, you know, they pull off this hat trick where you care about the events of that alternate reality world and and you don't want them to lose. And another really, I mean, as I've been sitting with this movie and thinking about it, another really interesting thing that happens is you feel really bad for Japan and particularly, you know, as Americans you kind of stop and think about that and you go well why why should i feel bad about japan you know they sided with the nazis they uh attacked us at pearl harbor you know they did a lot of damage and and they were super militant and yet somehow this movie is able to pull off again a magic trick where they make you care about a people in a nation 
where you you know there there's people that are still alive today that might have wounds about all that and uh you know i i understand this movie's all fantasy and it's it's using uh, a little bit of reality to to tell its fake story but man it's it's just a really again really well done godzilla top of my list after that i'd have to say i'd have to say the creator is next and not because the creator is a perfectly well told story that this is one of those movies where a lot of things fell in between the cracks in terms of logic so it asks you to suspend your disbelief a lot more than you would with another movie that is maybe in the same vein as this movie although completely different story and and different feel but I would compare this movie to Ex Machina in the sense that you're dealing with artificial intelligence and you're dealing with the nature of what it means to be human at what point do you are, are you know as um, the thing that that you're building and that is around you and that you're living with this this AI at what point can you just consider it to be part of the regular fabric of reality of nature that it is an equal to the people that made it and we need to reconcile with that you know ex machina if you've never seen it really i mean thought-provoking really well done movie very claustrophobic and and uh you know it gets under your skin where you you think about what's happening and you can see the consequences of what's coming before the character in it, and it ramps up the tension. Uh, I definitely recommend that movie. The creator doesn't wrap up tension, uh, you know, ramp up the tension in that way. It's it's not a movie about tension. It's a movie about loss, and it's a movie about potential and possibility, um, and and it's a movie about love, you know, and so. It while it fails at a, at a lot of things, I understand why maybe not everybody was in for it. I'd say this is one of those movies where the the makers of the movie took a swing, and they they hit the ball a couple times. They didn't hit it, you know, out of the uh, park as they say, but they definitely connected, in my opinion, and they made something that went along very very well uh, story wise um, you were getting to the point and you got to the point and I thought personally for me I thought it was satisfying even if there was sadness to it and also incredibly creative uh, really uh, a small budget movie again another one of these a small budget movie in comparison to what Hollywood normally puts out and so much was done with a, a fairly small budget. Not as small as Godzilla. Godzilla definitely wins 2023 20, when it comes to budgets and, and spectacle. But uh, the creator, I thought, comes in pretty close. Like it, it, I'm not sure that that movie deserved to fail because it was, at the end of the day, entertaining and, and compelling in what it was, uh, the story that it was telling you. Even, again, if it was not perfect. Um, after that, I would say Guardians of the Galaxy would be my next one. 
now I'm uh, now I'm going down the list of like uh, favorites. I would say Guardians of the Galaxy hits the number three for me. Um, it was one great to see that entire crew all over again. Two, it was great to close out their story loop. Um, not a perfect movie, not a perfect ending. But when you've been on the ride with these characters for the amount of time that we've been with them, which, you know, at that point I think it had been almost 10 years, through all the various uh, outings that they did from the Avengers movies to the holiday special on Disney+, Plus to their own, you know, movies as well, Guardians was never a perfect story in terms of, um, you know, n- not having... Uh, it was never serious. It was always uh, a combination of things, a juggling of things. With I think I think James Gunn does really, really well. You know, I I I've read criticisms over the years of what people thought Guardians should be and what they wanted it to be. And maybe my favorite thing is that James Gunn actually didn't deliver what he what anybody wanted. He delivered what he wanted. He delivered his version of a dysfunctional family, his version of a love story, his version of uh, the 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 conflict and trauma that comes from you know parent and child relationships. I was in for that ride. I you know there's so many uh, there's so much opinion online as to how things should be structured and how, uh, you know, this thing should be delivered to audiences. With James Gunn, it, like like Christopher Nolan, with James Gunn, I'm just in for the ride. Whatever he's bringing, I'm, I'm taking, I'm riding that dark ride, I'm going for it, and uh, I trust that he's going to deliver me at the end of the attraction uh, to something that was fun and not perfect, not the most amazing but definitely consistent, definitely uh, singular vision. I like that. I, you know, again, Guardians, a lot of people, I think, came in with these preconceived uh, notions. And I will say, one thing that did not help and has not helped, particularly Disney, is the people that are cutting their trailers. You don't want to cut a trailer that is delivering a different story than what is actually on screen. You want to cut a trailer that is parallel to the story that you're telling. A, where it gives you a little miniature taste of what the story is going to be without spoiling anything. But, lately, the trailers that they've been delivering have been a completely different thing. It's telling you something different. I'm not interested in that. I don't want my expectations to go one way and then I sit down in the theater and it goes to a completely different way. And, you know, I I went into the movie... Spoilers, by the way. I went into the movie uh, kind of ready for death. And I, I thought, I'm going to end up mourning some of these characters that, that die because I've been on the ride for so long. I'm going to be bummed out. I can't help it. And there was no death in the movie. You know, it, all all everyone lived, everyone moved forward, everyone had a uh a happy ending of a sort, and I was 
because I wasn't expecting that, it, while it was a pleasant surprise for me, I don't think that that was a pleasant surprise for everybody. I think a lot of people in the audience were, you know, they were like gut punched. And that had nothing to do with James Gunn and everything to do with Disney and the department that cuts trailers. They're not doing a good job. You know, I, in fact, you don't even need to tease that someone might or might not die. You just need to tease big moments um, so that you're you're left wanting more. Uh, I thought Guardians also, the villain was fantastic. That actor delivered. Uh, while I, uh, one of the complaints that I've always had about James Gunn is that he will take um, characters who I think have a bigger potential and kind of minimize them in in terms of how they're how they're used. Ronan the Accuser, I think, could have been a much bigger uh, villain. Ego definitely could have been a much bigger villain in terms of uh, like celestial cosmic scale of what what he was capable of and the story that could have been told with him. And I felt the same way with the High Evolutionary. In that regard, I will say. Uh, and I agree that sometimes Marvel allows their creators to waste characters that they can really squeeze a lot of potential from. Um, just Ego by himself, I mean, the the amount of merch and toys that you could have delivered off of that character, it could have been epic. Um, but, you know, that... I think sometimes... And this happens to me. I have this idea in my head, and I go, "Ooh, that would be really cool." But I don't step back and look at the idea objectively, and then reconsider maybe if there's a better way to use it. In fact, I got to tell you, I I would have wished, looking back at it, that Ronan would have been hounding the uh, the Guardians. And at some point, I wish Marvel would have allowed their villains to actually team up that there's a moment in the first guardians where ronin is in contact with thanos and he's working for thanos and he doesn't want to be working for thanos and it grates at him that he is having to do that because he feels he's equal to thanos well number one i like that but i also like that relationship and i wish that would relationship would have continued because to have to have uh, uh, Ronan pop into one of the Avengers movies and to bring even more chaos of what they were already experiencing, I thought would have been pretty cool. Same thing with uh, uh, what's his face, uh, Ultron. Uh, you know, I I did not really like that they destroyed him. At least, you know, seemingly destroyed him in uh, the second Avengers movie. There's they. One of the things that I love about Marvel is that their their bench for villains is as deep as their bench for superheroes. And a lot of their villains are really interesting and a lot can be done with them, which, you know, comic books have always done a really great job of not destroying their villains permanently because there is so, so much potential. There's great stories to be told there. Now, are all their villains good? No, they've got a lot of lame villains, but some of them really pop. And um, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen team ups. I would have liked to have seen. I, I would love to have seen Loki team up with you know a couple of different villains and 
do some betrayals. Uh, Hela, I didn't like that they killed off Hela. Hela is a compelling and awesome character. So, it, you know, that would be my only uh, complaint uh, when it comes to Guardians 3 is that the High Evolutionary is sacrificed at a small altar. And I feel like m Marvel villains should always be sacrificed at the biggest, baddest altar. And it should always be uh, an event or a moment, which actually, I, I feel if Marvel took the route of of making the uh, the villains big and giving them huge arcs, it would give them the opportunity to pull back a little bit on how they do their storytelling and maybe redo the focus of each particular movie where it doesn't have a, a, a super big bad guy, but it has a more mm, smaller level, more on par with the heroes. And that way there's the... That way things are not so uneven that you have to, that it, you know, there, there's a demand to create a cosmic event to uh, fix whatever the problem is. You know, I, I think it would be, one of the coolest things was um, uh, Cap, you know, going up against Bucky in Winter Soldier is that he was fighting somebody that was on his level. And so now you got to see, well, who's the better man? And the way that that story was told, at various times, it it left you wondering who was the better man, who was going to come out on top, who was, you know, uh, uh, going to win. Even even if you know in your heart, you of course Cap is going to win, you're still you know, left wondering <clears throat> how is he going to win against someone that is his equal. Yeah, I I really appreciated that. In in fact, whenever they had the heroes fighting one another, you know there was more of that, like uh, you know Black Panther and Cap going toe to toe, or Bucky and Black Panther, and that's a little more exciting because you know that there's not a huge difference or, or you know in in power levels. But with the Guardians, while I totally appreciate the teamwork for the first movie and destroying Ronan really at the end of the day it's it's the power stone you know that ends up getting the job done um, you know and their connection to one another as a family I again totally get that but I I um, yeah I've always felt that Marvel wasted their villains a little bit so when it came to the third movie with the high evolutionary there there's so much potential there I you know, I feel like the High Evolutionary is a character that they could eat off of for quite a while. Alright, so moving on to the number four for me is going to be um, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, Super Mario Brothers was the perfect kids movie in every single way. Heart, humor, the story was very linear, easy to understand, the graphics were beautiful... Everybody knocked it out of the park when it came to to playing their role. Um, it was it, it deserved to make a billion dollars because it was infinitely rewatchable, super cute, very charming. Uh, there, there's, I mean, it, it is literally the template of how to make a kids movie 
and just make hand over fist cash. Um, Illumination, Disney, Nickelodeon, DreamWorks, everybody needs to do more of that. They need to follow that template. Illumination needs to follow its own template. Everybody else needs to follow that template. You want to make money, you want to get families into theaters, do that. Make charming, no agenda, cute characters, lots of heart, well-rendered, you know, uh, action-packed, I mean, with, you know, uh, 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 catchy songs, you do that, you're going to win every time. That's just, that is the recipe right there. So please, please, if this ever gets into any executive's ears by some miracle, please do that. Do that because that is the thing that everybody's looking for. Everybody's looking to trust you, to want to want to watch what you put out. That is the template. So Super Mario Brothers definitely belongs in my uh, top five. And for me, the last one, and this is going to be a short one, um, is going to be uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Be- so a couple of things. It would have gone up higher in my list, but the movie gave into its own agendas. And it's a it's a stark contrast between something like Super Mario Brothers and Into the Spider-Verse. Super Mario Brothers, you are not finding anything that points to the real world that is, you know, a message. Unfortunately, Into the Spider-Verse had little Easter egg messages all over the place. You could see them. They weren't hard to spot. So that already knocked it down for me. Uh, but other than that, I mean, and and again, the, at least it was done more subtle and they're not trying to, you know, knock you over the head with it. Other than that, story was really well done. Uh, it moved really well. There were moments in the movie. I, I felt like it could have been edited better uh, to cut some parts out or shorten some parts and um you know one of the things that i uh I, I don't want is if i'm going to see a miles morales story i don't want it to turn into a gwen stacy story because if you want to make a gwen stacy story then make that and i'll go see that if you make a, a gwen stacy spider girl story i'm in I, i'll go i'll give you my money but the focus is Miles, and I, I need it to continue to be Miles. Miles is a is the, the the thing that all of it is built around. So we need to continue with his story and focus on his story and give the majority of the movie. You know, if you're going to give a minute or two to uh, a little bit of background to, you know, Miguel or Gwen or Spider-Pig, or, that's cool. That's fine. Give me, like tiny little caveat, uh, little uh, vignettes, but keep me on the train that is Miles. What is going on with Miles? Why does he leave his his reality? You know, what are the consequences of that? What's he trying to get back to? Like, I felt like all those things got stretched out much further than they needed to be. And, and again, the focus got lost a couple of times in that movie. 
where it shifted to something else. Not only is it jarring to do that, but it also makes you forget as an audience member what the point of the movie is. You don't ever want to do that. You want to make sure that it always stays on track. You know, unless it, the point, again, Christopher Nolan, unless the point is to disorient you, but that's not what these movies are. These movies are telling you a story about a singular character where something bad is going to happen because of the decisions that they've made. You don't have time to deviate from that. You've got to stick to that. And so if it cuts your time down from two hours to an hour and 30 minutes, that's fine. I, I think that's great. Let's edit it to make it as tight of a story as possible. People complained at the end about the cliffhanger. I don't understand those people. I, To me, it made perfect sense. And visually, even more beautiful than the first one, somehow they upped their game when it came to uh, the the stylizing and the movement of the characters. I mean, hats off to Sony and that entire team for the beautiful work that they delivered. Uh, again, not a perfect movie, but a really great movie with really great moments, a, a lot of heart, and definitely moments that subverted my expectations of where I thought it was going to go one way and it went another way. But yeah, if I had it my way, I would definitely edit stuff I would definitely cut out all the messaging stuff. I don't need any of that. I'm already in for a kid from, you know, I, what's he from? Is he from Brooklyn, I think, or the Bronx? And, uh, you know, the, this this half kid. I, I love that. I love all that. I'm in for all that. love that character. I love his supporting, you know, uh, characters. But I need the focus to be on him. One of the genius things of the first one is that they actually split their their focus and their time with Peter and with Miles. So Peter was, you know, Peter Parker was the connective tissue into the world of Miles Morales. And they did an incredibly smart thing where they kept both of them together. So you're traveling and you're being handed, you know, Peter is handing you over to Miles to make it his story, but you've got that that connective, familiar tissue tissue of Peter Parker to bring you over into the Miles Morales universe and to accept him as another Spider-Man. Brilliantly done. You know, they could have used the exact same formula for this second movie, and it would have worked out just as good. And uh, so I'm hoping, you know, fingers crossed that the third one is really something that just knocks it out of the park because I, I do love the the visuals of this movie, these movies, the stylization. It's it's amazing. So <clears throat> those are my top five right there for 2023. I'm sure that I saw more movies than than what I brought up, but honestly, m- most of 2023 was pretty lackluster and you know, not a lot of memorable. In fact, I went down the list of the things that came out in 2023 and I'm like, oh, that came out this year? Really? Huh, that's weird. And some of them I did see, but rather than focus on the things that I didn't like and and give a list of that, I opted, you know what? There's no need for that. Let's just talk about the things that I did like. And this is my recommendation list for 2023. Uh, Guys, Thanks for listening. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Thank you for being patient on the you know during the periods of times when I don't put something out on time. I love you all. I hope 2024 is an 
even better year than 2023. I know we're coming up to an election. I know we're coming up to maybe a little bit of craziness until that's over. I'll be praying for all of us uh, <laughs> that we're that we're able to to get through all this together as Americans. And um, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this. Thank you for being with me uh, for this period of time and allowing me to rant, uh, you know, into your ears. Sorry for uh, not being good with English and not being a good speaker, but I promise I will try to continue to get better. I love you all. Take your vitamins, drink your water, eat your vegetables. Happy New Year. I'll see you on the other side. Love you. Bye.